0: Hello, everyone. Welcome today's edition to today's edition of the Trish Regan Show. We get some really shocking news. I mean, this is unbelievable to me. This may be the scariest thing I've seen in quite some time. So I want to talk about what we are hearing from this breaking report about China and the potential for, well, it's not even potential. I mean, they basically have infiltrated some of our key infrastructure. I'm going to talk to you today about why this is a big frickin' deal and why our government has been asleep at the switch for way too long and what that potentially could mean for us. We'll get into that. Plus, you know, Obama's got a new movie out on Netflix. The the movie, like, promo release thing came out today. Oddly enough, oddly enough, it deals with this exact issue of an EMP-type cyber attack. So, a little odd. Just saying, just saying, And by the way, hey, guys, you know what? This whole woke world is catching up with Harvard. Dr. Phil, have you seen him? He's amazing on this. I I can't wait to play this for you because I don't think I've ever liked Dr. Phil as much as I like him right now. We're going to we're going to talk about that. Um, Also, we get some new polls out and Democrats are flipping out because, wow, Trump is climbing in places they just didn't think he could climb. Guess what their strategy is? I'll fill you in. And Tucker Carlson is starting a streaming service. Watch out, Fox. <laughs> Great to have you here, everyone. Welcome to the Trish Regan Show. I am Trish. We are brought to you, as always, in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com. Our wonderful friends over at LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560, one If you're someone who's looking to diversify, because you guys are worried about inflation, I'll tell you, these are the guys to call. Different ways to do it. Gold is one of them. And so I would encourage you to. News. China hackers have infiltrated key portions of our infrastructure here in the United States. This is according to a brand new report out from the Washington Post. Really, really kind of disturbing. This was uh, on the news today. The Post reveals hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army have infiltrated critical services here in the U.S. Okay, again, this is a Washington Post report. Now, this shouldn't surprise anyone, but apparently it's surprising people in the Biden administration. <laughs> I, I tell you, it shouldn't surprise you because you know what? I've been reporting on this for years. In fact, at one point, like social media didn't really like when I was reporting on this issue Hopefully they'll they'll let it go through right now because, you see, Barack Obama is out with like a, a horror movie about it starring, well, some key Hollywood players. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But first, I want to get to this news because a utility in Hawaii, a West Coast port, a pipeline in Texas are all said to be among the victims of China's cyber army just within the last year. So effectively, they're trying to invade our critical U.S. services. Hackers affiliated with China's People's Liberation Army have, per this report, quote, burrowed into the computer systems of about two dozen critical entities over the past year. The intrusions are part of a broader effort to develop ways to sow panic and chaos or snarl logistics in the event of a China-U.S. conflict in the Pacific. So apparently, again, according to this report, you got a water utility in Hawaii, you got a major West Coast port, thank you very much, and at least one oil and gas pipeline. They apparently also you know what? We don't know if that pipeline is actually in Texas. We do know that the hackers attempted to break into the operator of Texas's power grid, which operates independently from electrical systems in the rest of the country. Go, Texas. I guess that comes in handy. They didn't actually make it in. I got to say, like, this is a big, big, big deal. Like, this is scary stuff. I mean, I'm kind of. I'm kind of scared by it. I've been scared for a while about it. And I'll tell you, if you do some reading on this, you'd definitely be scared about this. I want to share with you, first of all, one thing that Congress reported on back in 2016. Congress was warned by its own EMP commission, Electromagnetic Pulse, that an attack like one of these grid things could, quote, shut down the U.S. electrical power grid for an indefinite period leading to the death within a year of up to 90% of all Americans due to looting, a lack of food and water, as well as desperation attacks. This was a report you see by Dr. Peter Vincent Pry. I've talked to him, and Dr. Pry has made the point that no one seems to care. It's like you know, he, he sounded the alarm. He sounded the alarm. He did actually, incidentally, he told me Donald Trump did care, and he was one of the few people that had actually asked him about this and wanted more information, but for the most part... You know, these politicians, like, they're not, they're not thinking ahead, right? Like, it's all the here and now. China's got their 100-year plan, and, and we got, like, maybe next week. So let me share with you something from Dr. Peter Vincent Prize report. This is one that he came out with actually in July 2017. He's describing what it would actually be if we were dealing with an EMP attack because one of these grids went down, or multiple grids went down, This is the fear, because you know what? This happens, I'm telling you, it's game over. Like, that's World War III, and we just lost. And according to most military experts, China, including, by the way, Pry, he's not military, but he's an EMP expert, but they would tell you China already has the upper hand. China has first strike capability, and that's just terrifying. So he writes, quote, Everything is in blackout and nothing works. The EMP sparks widespread fires, explosions, all kinds of industrial accidents, firestorms rage in cities and forests. Toxic clouds pollute the air and chemical spills, poison already polluted lakes and rivers. In seven days, the over 100 nuclear power reactors run out of emergency power and go Fukushima, spreading radioactive plumes over the most populous half of the United States. There is not even any drinking water and the national food supply in regional warehouses begins to spoil in three days. There was only enough food to feed 320 million people for 30 days, anyway. <sighs> like, so okay. So, if you're wondering, by the way, what the heck is an EMP? Like, why why is that relevant? It's it's an electromagnetic burst of energy, a very short burst of energy. It's kind of like you know, you know, when you're like getting into bed at night, and it's really cold out. See, we have this problem in New England where I live, and if you don't use any fabric softener and you pull up the covers, and you see that spark. Just imagine that millions and millions and millions of times over that spark. It's like times trillion, 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 and then a trillion again. I mean, I'm not a a physicist or anything, but that's sort of how you can think about this. So this spark is intense and it's pretty complicated. I mean, this is something that could be massively, massively disruptive and it could happen. I mean, it, it could happen here. And now we learn today, courtesy of this reporting from the Washington Post, that China has infiltrated key infrastructure here in the United States, including a West Coast port. They believe a a power source, potentially a grid. They got locked out of that one in Texas. But another location in Hawaii. This is not good. Not good. You know, they they first discovered some of this about a year ago. It was dubbed, a cyber campaign dubbed Volt Typhoon. And the U.S. and China were trying to basically stabilize this relationship with China. And they were trying to deal with some of this. Let me share with you what the Biden administration's executive director of the Department of Homeland Security, cybersecurity, infrastructure security agency says he's blaming China. (laughs) No surprise, right? Like, this is... Not our fault, not our fault. Listen, guys, like if something happens, it is your fault, okay? And and by the way, by then, nobody's talking about who's at fault because by then we're all done. Let me quote. It is very clear, Brennan Wells says, from Biden's CISA group, that Chinese attempts to compromise critical infrastructure are in part to pre-position themselves to be able to disrupt or destroy their critical infrastructure in the event of a conflict to either prevent the U.S. from being able to project power into Asia or to cause societal chaos inside the United States to affect our decision-making around a crisis that is a significant change from Chinese cyber activity from seven to ten years ago that was focused primarily on political and economic espionage yeah okay duh like they mean business like when is anybody somebody gonna wake up to this they're serious they have a plan and they're they're marching forward on that plan heck we got balloons all over the the sky that we're trying to shut down down or shoot down and we don't shoot them down and they go all over we've got ourselves in such a mess and the chinese are running circles around us and let me tell you this one you got to take seriously because if they get into the grid if they get into the pipelines if they get into the ports and they get into the computers we got problems from which we can't really ever recover so this would be world war three And they do have first strike capability. So we're like sitting ducks and you want to blame them? No, don't blame them. Outsmart them, please. Pay attention to Peter Fry and his reports. He says nobody wants to pay any attention to this. I'll tell you, I'm paying attention. China's paying attention, but nobody in the... Biden administration is paying attention. You know who is paying attention a little bit, somehow, some way, smart enough to know this is actually an issue. That would be Barack Obama and Michelle Obama because they are out with a brand new, a brand new movie on Netflix. You know, they got this big big deal. They've become entertainers now and producers. And, you know, they're all part of that part of that Hollywood click. I want to show you an excerpt here. There's two excerpts I want to show. Let's start with the first one. This is the movie called Leave the World Behind. The trailer just came out today. Interesting timing, given what we have learned on the Chinese hackers. Let's play it. There's something wrong with the TV. It's all messed up.
1: I wonder what that means.
0: What could it mean? It could be over in a couple of hours.
1: You know something. I'm sure this will turn out to be a big nothing.
0: We'll look back on this one day and laugh, I guarantee you. Mm. That ship is heading towards us. What? What what, what does that mean? We shouldn't speculate. Haven't you been picking up on what's going on out there? I don't want to panic over nothing. (gasps) I don't think this is nothing. We're in this together until things get back to normal. There is no
1: going back to normal. Get the car! Whoever's pulling the strings wants us to finish it. We're going to be okay. I don't like right? it
0: one single thing. Yeah. I don't like that the president is capitalizing on this either. Let me just tell you, thank you very much, former president of the United States. So I guess he knew it was a threat. Did he do anything about it? Is the Biden administration doing anything about it? They're not. But they are making movies about it. Maybe, maybe that helps wake up people's attention. Maybe that's better than nothing. I don't know. They're making movies about the threat that actually would annihilate America. I want to go back and remind you what would actually happen. This is according to the congressional report. 90% of all Americans would die within a year due to looting, a lack of food and water and desperation attacks. This is according to our own congressional committee that commissioned this report So the question becomes, what if China did this? What if they used Iran or North Korea to try and do this? And they wanted to use some kind of grid attack to take out the United States. It's actually entirely doable. This is a a concern among so many people right now in the intelligence community, including, as I've said, Dr. Peter Pry, who I've spoken to, he was executive director of the EMP task force that had been set up by a couple of presidents. And the fear was that you could have a kind of surprise Pearl Harbor, a Pearl Harbor assault that would send Americans into some kind of deadly blackout. So this is this is quite real. And and I know we get distracted with stuff and it's fun and it's entertaining. And by the way, Vivek gave new meaning to the word live streaming on a spaces chat he did the other day. I'll explain coming up. I mean, that's all fun and games, right? It's all funny. We like laugh about it. We like watch the political horse race, but this is the real stuff, guys. Okay. This is the real stuff. (sighs) A little more I want to share with you because the threat of an EMP attack would be so indeed severe. China knows this. China knows this. And they've actually talked about it in their quasi-textbook for information warfare i 'm going to share with you something from forgive my pronunciation. I speak a lot of languages, but not Mandarin, not chinese shen Weijian's world war, the third world war total information warfare it 's basically the people 's liberations army quasi textbook on information warfare, and they argue that China should be prepared to exploit an EMP attack offensively again, this is the, what the movie is about i don 't know if china 's involved i I just saw the trailer, same as you, but Obama's sort of writing about this threat. But here's what they're saying in this total information warfare this textbook. ...on information warfare out of China. Quote, "...with their massive destructiveness, long-range nuclear weapons they have combined with highly sophisticated information technology and information warfare under nuclear deterrence, information war and traditional war have one thing in common, namely that the country which possesses the critical weapons such as atomic bombs will have the first strike." and second-strike retaliation capabilities. As soon as its computer networks come under attack and are destroyed, the country will slip into a state of paralysis and the lives of its people will ground to a halt, he writes. Therefore, China should focus on measures to counter... Computer viruses, nuclear electromagnetic pulses, and quietly achieve breakthroughs in those technologies in order to equip China without delay with equivalent deterrence that will enable it to stand up to military powers in the information age and neutralize and check the deterrence of Western powers, including the U.S. Okay, so this was written a while ago. He was making this point, and he was absolutely right. Like any power would want to have that capability. But as I said, according to the EMP report, actually, which was released in 2020, China's done that. They now have first strike capability. So this horror movie that Barack and Michelle are producing to make a tidy buck over on Netflix could actually come true. Let that sink in. I mean, this is one of the scariest things I think we face. And it's something that nobody is talking about. I don't even know if this will get through. A quick reminder, everybody do make sure that you subscribe to this program if you haven't, because I don't even know if this will totally get through, because this is not something that people like to talk about. It's obviously scary stuff, and I don't mean to be overly alarmist, but if they got first strike capability and we don't, then what the heck is going on? You couple that with, again, Washington Post report, which tells us that a utility in Hawaii, a West Coast port and a pipeline are among the victims in just the past year, that we have two dozen critical entities over the past year that have been hacked by the China People's Liberation Army. That spells trouble to me. And don't sit there and tell me Biden administration that it's China's fault. no. China's a realist player. So just like their guy in their information warfare textbook was saying, hey, we need to get ahead of this before they actually succeeded in doing so. We need to, too. If it takes Michelle and Barack with their. Netflix blockbuster to bring that home, I guess so be it. But listen, guys, we got a real situation on our hands interesting thing about michelle and barack obama's new movie that's this horror flick if you would the suspense flick about the potential for the whole grid to go down and the disaster that would ensue as a result one of the weird things about this is this little clip that people are sharing on social media it's like wait you could you just couldn't resist could you you couldn't resist obama You just had to have that little dig in there. He's like the executive producer of the whole thing. I want you to just hear this. We're going to cue it up and play for you this little dig, which did not go unnoticed. I'm asking for you to remember that if the world falls apart, trust should not be dulled out easily to anyone, especially white people. Even mom would agree with me on that. (laughs) Really? Trust should not be doled out to anybody, especially white people. Like, what's wrong with white people? Do Do we really have to, like, embed this whole divisive race issue into everything? Apparently so. I mean, this was his MO, right? A lot of people voted for Barack Obama thinking that he was actually going to bring the country together. The whole idea was he was the uniter. He was going to help us get past anything that we regretted in the past. We were supposed to come together and all he did was use race for political purposes, something that we're seeing over and over and over again today has become effectively the calling card of the Democrat Party. And it's very sad. It's sad because as Americans, you know, I know we're a whole lot better than that. I'm not saying that there aren't pockets of this gross stuff that still exists. But for the most part, America has always been a meritocracy where if you're willing to work hard, you can be rewarded for that. Granted, you know, a little luck, some good genes in terms of basic intelligence, etc. That all helps out. But it wasn't like you were supposed to get just handed anything until quite recently. You see, there was this thing called DEI, diversity, equity and inclusion. This movement kind of took the whole world by storm, especially in so many woke universities You may have seen over the weekend that Liz McGill, who was the university president at University of Pennsylvania, where you have just seen some horrific, horrific stuff from these students. It is highly intimidating, highly harassing, and filled with angry sentiment directed at Jewish students and the Jewish population, but sort of anybody who they see as "quote unquote" colonial. Well, Liz McGill retired. I mean, she was forced out. She can't technically be forced out, I guess, because the tenured thing kind of gives you some cover. She still actually has a job. I guess she's going to be over at the law school, which I'd be pretty upset about if I was one of those big billionaire alums giving all that money. They were calling for it. I mean, you had Ross Stevens just on Friday, who is a super successful investor. He had given a hundred million dollars to an endowment there for University of Pennsylvania. And he's like, no, thank you. I'm taking my money back. Thank you very much. And so then it was reported that Liz McGill was out. So what about the rest of them? I'd like to know. Claudine Gay, I'm looking at you over there at Harvard. And by the way, the lady at MIT, too. All, of course, part of this initiative. Let's be honest. I mean, let's be honest. Is it any coincidence that we haven't included Columbia in there? She's also a woman born in Egypt. I mean, there was definitely a drive just in the last couple of years. we got to find a female. If she happens to check a few more boxes, even better. So... <laughs> It's Bill Ackman reported on this. He actually had sourcing because he was close to some pity people. And Bill is the billionaire investor, hedge fund guy, Pershing Square, who's been leading the charge against Claudine Gay at Harvard because he went to Harvard, gives a lot of money. Anyway, he reported on this. He said he had sources that said... There's a reason Claudine got that job and it had everything to do with DEI and not to do with who she is. Not to mention, by the way, that Christopher Ruffo and others have actually started reporting that Claudine may actually be guilty, guilty of plagiarism. Christopher Rufo took a look at some of the work that Claudine had done academically and compared and contrast it with some other things. And, uh, well, apparently, according to him, and I haven't gone through it word by word, but she allegedly plagiarized this stuff. If that's the case, and you know what, she should be done, out, by her own standards, right? But no, at Harvard, you can can get disciplined for fat shaming, because fat phobia apparently is a real thing. You can get disciplined for ableism, you know, if you make somebody feel because they have a certain handicap that they're not whatever, then you're, you're in trouble, right? They will discipline you for that. But apparently, oh, not to mention pronouns. Oh, how, how could I forget pronouns? If you misgender somebody, you can come under disciplinary action, but you can say whatever you want about Jewish students and the Jewish population. Don't forget, it was all those clubs from Harvard that came out the very next day, right after October 7th, and they were saying that it was Israel's fault. You have students that were harassing One poor kid, because maybe he was wearing a yarmulke and they were harassing him and intimidating him shouting, shame, 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 shame. Guys, do we have that video? I'm not sure. I know I played it for you the other day, but this was just incredible to see and disgusting to see. And you know what? There is no reason for this woman to have the job that she has. It's got to change. I feel strongly about this. I feel passionately about this. You know who else feels so strongly about this? Have you seen Dr. Phil? I don't know if you're a Dr. Phil fan or not. I'm not necessarily, I never really watch his show, but I did see this clip and I got to tell you, this was like the best ever of Dr. Phil. I've seen a few things over the years, but he really blew me away. He blew me away. I just loved, I I love him now. He's got a fan for life in me because of what he said. And I want to share it with you because it's that compelling. Let's take a listen. We've divided it up into a few little parts here and it gets better and better and better, but let's kick it off with just his disgust at this woke insanity.
1: As an American, I grow increasingly appalled at the anti-Semitism permeating so much of our country, especially by so many students at our elite universities, which have become left liberal woke hotbeds, fostering intellectual rot rather than critical thinking and tolerated or endorsed by their administrations. It has sadly spread to corporate America as well. This weaponized prejudice has never been more on display than when university presidents from Harvard, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania testified on Capitol Hill with sickening smugness and condescending to that panel with an arrogance and dismissiveness seldom seen in that forum. They were asked the simple question, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate your policy against bullying and harassment? To be 100% clear, using the dictionary definition of genocide, the question becomes, does calling for the deliberate killing of a large number of Jews with the aim of destroying the Jewish ethnic group and the nation of Israel violate your policy against bullying and harassment?
0: Okay, so they were asked a pretty simple question, right? The kind of question you ought to be able to answer very, very easily. And yet, wait till you see what ensued. He, he did an outstanding job laying this out. I want to go to this tape.
1: University presidents Gay, McGill, and Cornbluth disgustingly evaded Representative Stefanik's questions. It depends on context.
0: The rules around bullying and harassment are quite specific. And if the context in which that language is used amounts to bullying and harassment, then we take we take action against it. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic, depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. The answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. Context. 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 Like, on the one hand, are they that stupid? Or is it just that they really believe it? The saddest thing of all is that they really believe it. The saddest thing is that those women there believe that Israel is at fault. And in my estimation, otherwise, why would you allow this? And that because of freedom of speech, these kids can get out there and and protest, and they can have graffiti everywhere. And somehow that's just all part of free speech, and it's not actually harassment. I'm sorry, they're, they're crossing a line. Can you imagine if the tables were turned? I mean, just realistically, like, dare I say this? What if, what if a group of students went after some gay people like that or trans? Or what if they had a, a rally after the George Floyd? I mean, these are horrible things. And by the way, that should never happen either. Right? Like there's, you can be all for free speech, but you also have to have some empathy And you have to be able to know when, you know what, it's time and place, and this is not appropriate behavior. You can have an intellectual conversation if you want on something, but what they're doing, attacking other kids and putting up graffiti and trying to intimidate Jewish students, that crosses a line. And you know what, Claudine and the rest of you, if you can't get that, you're not that smart. You really shouldn't be running Harvard University after all, or MIT, thank you very much for that matter. And Dr. Phil, my hero here, I love, this is like the best minute of Dr. Phil you will ever hear in your entire life. I promise you, like, you have to listen to this because Dr. Phil, again, making so much sense. He's a realist. He's fair. He has compassion and he gets it.
1: Listen. Listen. You don't pick sides here. This is not about a territorial dispute. It's not about oppressors and the oppressed. It's not about religion or ideology. Any agenda that was on the table October 6th is forever gone. Conversation is over. How dare you sit there and play semantics with this congressional panel when you know what was done that day and what is being supported against your Jewish students. President Gay, you know they are stalking jewish students on your campus chanting shame 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 as they impede their path to class yet you sanctimoniously tell representative kylie you could look jewish parents in the eye and tell them their son or daughter would be safe and feel safe and welcome on your campus no president gay no you cannot and you know it
0: i think he's right i mean I, i struggle with this i wrestle with this does she know it I mean, is she so dumb and so myopic in her worldview that she, she actually thinks this is okay? I mean, that's a danger here, by the way, guys. Like, that is the danger with this DEI, D-E-I-C-R-T-E-S-G nonsense. The danger is there's so much groupthink. It gets so inverted and so twisted that nobody can see straight anymore and somehow because you're affiliated with a nation that they view as the oppressor versus the nation that they view as having been colonized, somehow it then just, you can't ever justify this stuff, by the way. You, I mean, like, look at what's happening. The violence, the, I mean, the violence against women, it's its just heartbreaking. And it's, it's so unbelievably cruel. but yet they're able to To somehow justify it in their heads? I mean, that's what that tells me. When she sits there with a straight face and says that she's going to allow it. When the MIT lady says she's going to, I mean, wow. It is time for this to stop. Okay? For the sake of humanity, it is time for this to stop. You know, Donald Trump was calling this stuff out ages ago and he continues to call a lot of it out and people are now responding in new ways. New polls today showing that Donald Trump is way up in a very important swing state We had polls just the other day showing that he was up in some other swing states. We saw he was doing well in Georgia. We saw he was doing well in Arizona. There was a little bit of a challenge in Wisconsin. But guess what? Big news today that Donald Trump is ahead of Joe Biden by 10 points in Michigan. And you want to know why? People don't like the direction of this country. They don't like the direction of the economy. They don't like the fact that we got an open border. They don't like that we're spending so much money on Ukraine, by the way, Zelensky there on Capitol Hill asking for more money today. They don't like this. They don't like what's happened with Israel, our historic ally. They don't like what's going on on college campuses. They don't like that they're not allowed to have a role in their children's education for fear that the FBI might just hunt them down. They don't like that they have to say, wait a second, if their child needs some kind of operation that a, a school system or a public health system might be pushing, they're like, well, what about me? What about me, the parent? What about me, the individual? They don't like any of this. And they know binomics is not working because guess what? They go to the grocery store. They see how much a dozen eggs is now. So seeing reporting in its new poll that indeed Donald Trump is up 10 points. State of Michigan. I mean, wow. So, of course, everybody's really freaking out. You know, they're freaking out. They're like, oh, gosh, what do we do now over on MSNBC? They're like, I mean, they've been telling us and telling us how bad it would be. They had that big, giant piece in the Atlantic. I mean, like 23 pieces, right, in the Atlantic just the other day. Well, now Matt Dowd, who I I know, we used to work together at Bloomberg. He's very smart and has a very keen political sense. He's telling them, guys, forget talking about the economy. He didn't say this, but... You sort of emphasize everybody knows binomics is not working he said you'd be smart to double down on this thing wait wait till you hear it i mean you'll, you'll say wait that's what they're sort of already doing right but he's like not enough not enough you need to drive this point home you need to hear this because you need to get inside the head of how democratic strategists are thinking so that when you do hear it out in the open you know where it's coming from let's cue the tape
1: on joe biden are running it as a referendum on Bidenomics and turn this race to here's the choice to presented before America. It's democracy versus dictatorship. And it's your freedoms versus your your loss of freedoms in the course of this, including economic freedom in this. The Biden campaign hasn't done that enough.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Not enough. I mean, I feel like they're hitting us over the head. I'm getting kind of nauseous. What do you guys think? I'm just looking at the live chat because this is a live show. We are streaming live. It's great to have some. Don, thank you for all your your kind words. Yes, we're at 170k. We're still growing. We got a lot of new members. We just opened that up, the, the membership thing. So we wanted to get that off, off rolling. It's really, it's wonderful to have you here. If you're just joining for the first time, do me the favor of subscribing. Hit a like, share it, weigh in with comments below. We love having you here. We really, really do. Yeah, Matt Dowd said he, all he has to do is just double down on this dictatorship stuff. That'll do it. What do you what do you think? I mean, I actually I'll tell you guys this, I think strategically sure, that'll work. I mean, you just scare people over and over and over again and they, you tell them like your country's going to be over. The question is, will they believe it because people have been lied to so much from the very beginning, let's be honest. I mean, how many times did they tell us That Hunter Biden laptop was nothing but a bunch of misinformation. Turns out the whole thing was true. Even though we had 51 ex-spooks and political hacks come out in some big, big, big long essay, right? Saying this is just Russian misinformation. Turns out, no, the FBI was indeed investigating Hunter Biden. That laptop was indeed real. And now we know about it. (laughs) Now We know about it. And guess what? We're going to get to hear Hunter on December 13th. Mark your calendar just a few days away, a couple days away. That's coming up this Wednesday, December 13th. Hunter Biden going to be testifying and James Comer, Jim Jordan. They're like, hey, buddy, you can't get out of this one. Nope, you're not zooming in. You're going to testify in person. So we're going to learn more information, I suspect, ultimately. And again, I, I want to be cautious about not doing what they do, right? We don't want to say that somebody's guilty before we know all the information, but I look at those bank records and I'm really troubled by them. I'm troubled by the various companies, the multiple different LLCs of which $24 million was collected that we know about according to Comer and disseminated amongst various members of the Biden family. We have money coming in from China. We have money coming in from Romania, from Ukraine, Barisma, of course, that's very, very public. He was getting 83K a month his partner was getting an A3K a month, too, to be on the board at Burisma. And you have to say what was really going on. Devin Archer has explained, this is one of the guys he was in business with, that they were selling the Biden brand, and that's just what was do- they were doing. So if that's the case, the problem becomes how can you do that when your dad is vice president of the United States of America? I mean, maybe this stuff in 2018, you can say, all right, we're going to overlook that. But the stuff that was from earlier... And there's also additional information that shows Biden's multiple aliases. He was sending all kinds of things from the White House to those aliases and using those aliases around the time many years ago when he was in the Obama administration dealing with Ukraine. How is it okay that he fired the prosecutor that was investigating the company that paid his son $83,000 a month? It's not, it's just not, not to mention the guy never even, Hunter never registered as a foreign lobbyist. I mean, this is the story that just keeps on going and we're going to learn more, I suspect on the 13th as we should, but the media, forgive me, I'm going to take a little glass of water because you know, we don't have commercials here, (laughs) not the traditional kind anyway, not ones that I know I can count on and take a two minute break. Um, by the way, if you're looking for Christmas gifts, this is on the store, trishregan.shop, live free or die, along with hats and things like that. But anyway, the media has shown its bias. It has been so loud and clear about its bias, about its corporate interests. And as a result, I think the average American is kind of like over it. They just they don't know who to believe. Well, maybe they know who to believe. They They know it's not corporate media. And this is something that Tucker Carlson is looking to capitalize on, as he should. I've talked a lot about how fragmented media is becoming and will continue to become. Because I actually think that it is ultimately the content that matters. I mean, hey, it would be nice if we had more wells and bell, bells and whistles and the, the fancy Fox graphics and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, it is the intimacy and I think the authenticity of this con, uh, confl- um, content and, and the conflicts, right, as I was going to say, the conflicts that are out there for us to talk about and look at. Thank you, Marco. That's very kind of you. Very, very kind of you. Um, and our ability to actually communicate directly together that I think makes this very special and very different than the corporate media entities, which is another reminder, everybody, to subscribe and to like and to do all that good stuff. But Tucker Carlson understands that the media is especially biased. He also understands that we're living in a very different and changing time where there is an opportunity for individuals, whether it be me, whether it be him, Dan Bongino, another great, 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 great broadcaster with really interesting takes on things. I mean, there's a lot of people out there right now, a lot of people actually that came from Fox that are now doing their own things. And I think that's kind of cool. Tucker is unveiling a brand-new streaming service. Let's take a quick look at his clip.
1: The corporate media lied too much, and it killed them.
0: It did, right? It killed them. It sure did. It, it, it's, it's incredible how much they are willing to lie to us. Anyway, so he's got a new streaming service out. I think it's like 9 bucks a month, and he's going to have a bunch of different shows on that platform. And I predict he's getting an opportunity to make that bigger and bigger and bigger if he so chooses to do so, it's also for a lot of people, I mean, certainly for me, also a sense of independence, right? How big do you want to get? How much outside money do you want to take? For me, I'm pretty simple. I don't really want all the outside money, only because it's been there, done that. And I think it's kind of nice to have the independence and the credibility to have that independence. and And he will as well. I'm not saying that, but he is going to build up something. That I think could be really interesting and could be pretty groundbreaking and I think will represent a real threat to the system, even just as as this little thing is doing right now. Right. These are the threats, so to speak, to the system. It's the voice of the people, the voice of the people that so matters right now is the voice of the people that elected Donald Trump in 2016. Why? Because they had it. They just they had had it. I mean, Michael Moore even warned this. Remember when he said it would be a giant FU and it's those voters that are in the middle of the country that, that know how tough everyday life is. And they're the ones that are getting crushed in this, quote, new economy. You know, there's lots of money that the people on top have, the elites, and there's plenty of handouts for the people on the bottom. Hey, you know, you want to come to this country? We'll put you up in a hotel for six months. What do you know? And here's your cell phone. Well, who's paying for that? I mean, the top 1% does pay the most in taxes, but it's actually crushing the middle of the country. It's why I talk about, think about like an hourglass, right? Where you've got the top, you got the bottom, and then you get this middle class squeeze, and it's just squeezing them and squeezing them and squeezing them. And if we don't actually find a solution for this middle class, then we will have a revolution on our hands. And the people will get up and speak in a very big and important way as they've already done and they will continue to do because it is not acceptable. It is not acceptable that you don't have a shot at being able to earn a decent living and a decent wage in America when you're doing everything right and you're checking every box you possibly can and just trying to make sure that you're putting something better together for yourself and your future. And the system continues to penalize you for it while giving out money? Like, you know, whoever wants it. Oh, we're going to forgive your student debt. You want to go get another PhD in transgender studies? Here you go. Oh, you buddy, you're working how many, hundred hours a week as a truck driver. Well, we're going to tax you to pay for him, her, or they. I mean, they, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, there's a few politicians who have gotten into this and have cited some uh, interesting points. One of them is Vivek Ramaswamy. I don't know what you guys think of Vivek. (laughs) I, I, you know, I think he's smart. I think he's smart. I also think that he, he's young and he's got a lot of time. Time is on his side and he can get some experience here and maybe come back for a few more rounds and he grows more mature and maybe calms down just a little bit, he will have a future in politics. <laughs> he, he joined a, a streaming service, X, the other day, and they have this thing called Spaces where you can go on and you can talk. It's really cool. I've done it. And you can listen to everybody and you see your friends on there and people that you don't know It's, it's this cool exchange that Elon Musk has and it's on Twitter. And so he went on to this conversation and well, um, apparently he's, he's given, this is almost crude to say like it, it just is, but it's sort of funny and it shows you be careful where you take the telephone. Okay. Be very, very careful where you take that telephone guys, because you don't want to be on a live stream. I mean, at least there was no camera (laughs) and caught doing this
1: decide not to have children that's all i'm saying elon musk is promoting an optimistic pro-human future that the science and evidence shows is real and that we need gentlemen i have to yeah, go. yeah. I, I, I just, I just okay. want to be sort of uh, yeah, exactly i am very clear about okay. my position I'm, I'm super pro-human and i mean all humans uh you know humans in america humans in somebody's Africa, got their thing and, and everywhere else her phone open in the bathroom yeah that's
0: uh vivek vivek that's that's your phone vivek i'm not able to mute you
1: vivek (laughs) go ahead Elon. um sorry about that so um (laughs) well i hope you feel better i feel great thank you (laughs) sorry about that guys um
0: (laughs) you know when nature calls what are you gonna do (laughs) just remember to mute the phone next time okay vivek i told you he was young i told you he was young (laughs) anyway i want to go out to some of your i'm like dying laughing i uh i want to go out to some of your comments it is as i said really so good to see you all yeah david david i think you and i are uh of the same viewpoint on that right he's young he needs to get a little bit more mature get a few more um you know, years under his belt. You all saw that Alex Jones has, has been reinstated there on Twitter. He was part of that spaces conversation. Apparently, uh, Elon making the decision to bring Alex Jones back. A lot of people had been cut off from Twitter. I mean, a lot. I mean, think about it, guys. Hey, Leslie, good to see you. Thank. I know Leslie's saying I'm so happy there was no video. <laughs> I, I, I like, thank goodness there was no video. Right. But it, it goes to show you, you got to be careful out there. Leslie, one of our new team members. Thank you, Leslie. She's joined the team. She's so, Leslie. Thank you. She's over with me. Um, but we've put this little team together and I'm just kind of waiting as we get more members. We can talk about what maybe we have like little conversations together. Just just us team members. Anyway, it, it's able. All right. You guys are cracking me up. I'm going to start laughing too hard. It, it's, it's, it's live. Hey, what are you going to do? The other day, remember, we were live and, and none of the sound would come up. We were trying to fire it from the control room and it just wasn't coming. I was like, well, this is authenticity for you. What are you going to do? It's part of live programming authenticity and in a whole other way that, um, well, <laughs> as Leslie said, at least there wasn't a camera. <laughs> anyway, it's great to see you guys. Mark, welcome back to the program. Don, of course, always good to see you. I Look, I, th- I wish Tucker all the best. I think he's going to kill it. I think there's going to be a huge opportunity. And it's perfect for him because you look at the landscape out there right now. And Fox News <coughs> can't do what tucker wants to do right like fox is stuck because they have all their cable agreements and they're worth a ton of money i mean that place just prints money right all the cable companies are paying big big bucks because everybody wants to have fox news and even though tucker's not there anymore well they got jesse and maybe they don't have to pay jesse as much so they'll eat out a little bit more profitability and that's what those businesses will become how can we squeeze more profits out of this network it's why i keep saying hey Whoopi Goldberg, your days are probably numbered or at least your salary days, the big salary days are numbered because you look at Disney right now, which owns ABC News, ABC News produces The View and Bob Iger's made it very clear, if he lasts, by the way, whoever takes his spot, I guarantee you will do this as well. He's trying to sell off all these TV assets because guess what? They're not performing anymore and they're not going to perform. They simply won't only because that day has come and gone. We have moved on America and the world and everybody's streaming. But those television networks, they can't because they've got really ironclad contracts that prevent them from doing that. So in other words, if I'm on Fox, I can't actually stream that program live to you without being in violation of my Fox contracts. So that's why they created Fox Nation. And they did that with special permission, by the way. They had to have certain negotiations to evil, even enable that. It has to be a very, very different product in the eyes of the AT&Ts or TVs of the world because they're going to say otherwise, hey, this is not fair, and you're cannibalizing the content itself. So it, it's quite specific what they're trying to do, but they're caught. And so whoever can kind of and run with the digital thing, I think is actually going to be really successful. And there will be perhaps some consolidation there. I mean, again, Tucker's just Tucker right now, but notice that the name of his new network is TCN, Tucker Carlson Network. I suspect that he'll want to, if he's smart, bring in a lot more to try and create something bigger. The question is, you know, how does that work? Are you able to get the big personalities? Because big personalities we'll say, well, gee, you know, I can kind of do this myself. And so then it becomes, you know, we'll see. Again, it's all changing so, so fast. I actually find it incredibly exciting and incredibly fun because the technology is wild. There are things that we're doing technology-wise that just could never, ever, ever have happened. When I started out in this business, I mean, I I think about it. I'd go to cover a hurricane and I had to get a live truck and make sure that it was up on a hill to be able to access satellites etc the fact that you could actually like stream live from your phone or from your your home computer or anything i mean this this wasn't even totally imaginable back then and i even think of just the massive strides that have been made in the last 3 to 6 months it's all changing really really fast and it's exciting, right? For all of us. So I'm 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 loving all of it. I would like you to subscribe. You know, I actually haven't done the whole marketing blitz and all that kind of thing. So this is just building this channel literally subscriber by subscriber by subscriber. So anything you can do to just get the word out, it certainly helps. I feel that it's good that way because we kind of are a united, united front and it's the organic growth to me is important and it's the right thing to do. So yes, you are part of that and I appreciate all you're doing. Thank you so much. It's really, really neat to to have this opportunity. I missed you guys, missed you guys over the weekend. I think I see some whoopee bathroom jokes. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the, like, the Vivek thing is hysterical, honestly. All right. Great to see you all. We're going to be back here live again tomorrow. In the meantime, share the clips, watch the clips, comment on the clips, comment on the show, and we'll talk tomorrow. Thanks.